Osiris. Hey, this is Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters, and this podcast is part of the Osiris podcast family. Osiris is a growing community of music and culture podcasts connecting music fans with conversation, commentary, and music. Osiris. Welcome in to episode 89 of The Bluest Tape. I am Harvey Couch, and uh, Jeff is not going to join us this episode. He is still in the, the early throes of newborn parenthood, so we will uh, give him a, uh, an excused absence this, uh, this week. But um, have a fantastic guest, uh, guest co-host joining us for this week's episode, which is a... Um, we're going to look back at the most recent run uh, by Panic at Red Rocks. So that was June 28th, 29th, and 30th of 2019. And uh, the 60, uh, the last night of that run was the 64th time that the band had played Red Rocks and uh, the 60th consecutive sellout dating back to 1996, uh, which is just... Um, just crazy to think about. They have played every single year since 1996 at Red Rocks, except for 2004, 2009, and 2012. So just, uh, you know, crazy longevity for the band um, at that venue. So um, anyway, our uh, our special guest this week is Mr. Ted Rockwell from the Everyday Companion. He uh, has been to all 60 of those 60 consecutive sellouts at Red Rocks, including, of course, the last three um, from June 2019. And uh, he had a lot of great things to say about those shows. And um, we have some really great music to play for you guys this week. So um, before we get to that, just want to remind everybody, please, please um, interact with us. Love to hear feedback and um, and like to hear what everybody has to say. So uh, we're on Twitter. And uh, at Bluest Tape on Twitter, uh, obviously uh, on Facebook as well. You can reach us at bluesttape.com. Send us an email um, any way that uh, you'd like to correspond. We appreciate all the feedback and definitely tell your friends about the Bluest Tape. Uh, give us a rating on iTunes. Uh, that helps other people find us. So uh, appreciate everybody's support. Uh, as we uh, as we continue this endeavor, which has lasted lo- longer than I think either of us expected. So, uh, and that's all because of your support. So, um, without further ado, I'll get to uh, my conversation with uh, Ted, MF, and Rockwell to discuss um, Red Rocks 2019. All right, joined now by Mr. Ted Rockwell of Everyday Companion fame. Ted, thanks for taking the time to join us. Harvey, thank you so much for having me back. It's been a it's been a minute. Glad uh, glad to have you back on the pod. What what uh, number podcast are you up to now? What's this? This is uh, eighty nine. Fucking hey. Well, you know, widespread panic played their sixtieth consecutive sold out show at Red Rocks last weekend. What uh, do you have a count for you at Red Rocks seeing the band sixty in a row? <laughs> wow, nice. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Good job. Yeah, I've seen all all sixty. Um, just I. By hardly even trying or really trying, depending on how you look at it. (laughs) 
I couldn't imagine what it would be like to have that as my like local venue. That's that's pretty lucky. It's crazy. It's actually a lot of work for us because we end up, you know, going driving back up to Boulder every night. And there's a lot of people who are partying and not driving and I'm happy <laughs> to drive. Like my experience for Red Rex is that I'm driving. I'm driving a lot of people <laughs> in front of the venue. But yeah. Okay, cool. So um I, I know we have a finite amount of time tonight, so sure. I, I don't I don't want to waste too much because I know that there's a lot. Well, one, we have a lot of good music to play, and two, oh, yeah. I want to I want to get uh, some of your uh, your takes on that. So um, we'll play a little bit from each of the three nights. But um, before we get into that, can you uh, you know maybe set the scene a little bit? Or was was anything different this year from years past? Or sure, uh, yeah. either, you know, you or the band or the experience. Yeah, you know, um, the weather was interesting. The week, the weekend before, it was literally forty-five degrees as a high during the day, some of the days, and uh, that the, like the weekend prior, and so it was really warm and very humid. We've had a lot of rain here, uh, and so you know, the Southerners are coming here, going, "This feels like air conditioning," and we're all like, "Oh my god, it's so hot!" So, you know. <laughs> but in any case, um, it was um, really good weather basically all three days we had a bit of a shower on Sunday, but it really wasn't a big deal. I mean, it really felt good and it felt kind of therapeutic. I would say that, I mean, coming out of this, I talking to a lot of veteran fans that I know and people just that enjoy this band a lot. This is the best three day run in recent memory. They, they absolutely nailed it all the way through. There isn't like a set in here where you're like, eh, that was kind of, every set they're killing it there might be a song or two here and there that maybe mm. but man and it starts off right off on the the very first night where they open with puppy sleeps into henry parsons died i mean that's basically them saying we don't give a fuck and we're not gonna fuck around <laughs> right um, yeah. get right. your get your big boy pants on because it's going down yeah and i think that another theme that it sets up those two songs kind of set up too is that it's kind of unexpected, but it's really graceful. Like it's not forced. It feels very like confident and, and they're obviously having fun. That's the other thing that was happening on stage is that mm-hmm. they were having a ton of fun with each other. Um, JB would walk over to Dave. Like there's a section of one of the nights where he walked over to Dave during like Arlene and he's just talking to him as drum starts going. And the two of them are having like a genuinely, fun, happy, hilarious kind of conversation with one another right in front of their, you know, closest 9,000 friends, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I feel, you know, and but part of this is just taking me, uh, taking me a while to, to warm to, to this uh, era of the band, but it does feel like they're, um, you know, really settling in and, uh, and, and, and I think, and you tell me what you think about this, but it, it feels like the new, touring strategy has probably really um helped helped you know infuse some some energy and youth into the band yeah maybe maybe so um all i know is that they seem to be you know happy this these last three days for sure i mean part of part of what made the whole weekend for me was um, you know, of course schools is like my MVP of every run ever. But, <laughs> but having said that, um, despite my fanboy status, he was very animated and very passionate in the way he was playing. And a lot of people noticed that. And it, it's such a difference maker when he's on point yeah. and he's really going for it. But I would add to that 
that perhaps my MVP, which is a super surprise for me even, is Jimmy Herring. He was emoting his leads in a different way this weekend than maybe I'm just paying attention, but part of it is um, he, you know, that, that yodel thing he does with bending, you know, strings he wasn't doing as much of, and there was a little bit more of like just finding a jam and trying yeah. to have, have a jam. Right. Yeah. Um, I feel, I feel like that has been the case really for the last, you know, maybe 12 months or so, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe even since last summer, it feels like that that has been the case, which is, which has made me a happier uh, listener. And, and definitely- now, I have, I have a little, like little tidbit uh, for the weekend is that Jimmy actually played a different guitar that anyone had ever seen him play before. It's a, huh. a gold, a gold guitar. I don't know uh, what the, which make it is, but apparently it was his guitar text guitar. I'm going to note a few places where he's actually playing the gold guitar and you, you I'm going to have people go back and listen to these sections. Some of them we're going to feature in these podcasts, but uh, you can, I don't know. I think you can hear a difference, but in any case, it looks, I've seen the video, like the stream, and it looks like he's actually just enjoying the toy in a way. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Now, maybe it's in my imagination, but I ask people to take a look because when he's playing that guitar, there seems to be something different going on, but just saying, have you seen, have you seen other shows this year? No, this, this is it. This is the okay. first show I've seen since, uh, God, it's been a little while. Um, yeah, probably last Red Rocks. So it's been it's been a full twelve months, right? Oh, cool. No, that's good to have that perspective because I do think that the band has, um, you know, they've taken some some pretty big steps since then. So, yeah. um, all right. Well, uh, any anything else we need to know before we before we jump in? You know, I'm just going to say one more thing. Um, the the one of the founders of Yonder Mountain String Band, Jeff Austin, had mm-hmm. passed away just before this run. And, um, he's, he's a local guy who, um, you know, there were a lot of really hurt hearts going into Red Rocks and I believe the band knew this. They, I I believe they kind of leaned into that. They weren't any super overt tributes, but there's a few. Um, Mm -hmm. and I just wanted to mention that he was, he was a part of this community. Yonder actually opened for panic, uh, when they played at Pepsi center um, and I know a lot of Panic fans who are also Yonder Mountain String Band fans, and so in any case, it's worth mentioning this. This was a special weekend for a whole other reason. Yeah, no, that's good. I appreciate that. Um, okay, so um, I, I want to note that that you know I'd asked you earlier this week to you know send me some picks from this run, and and you didn't. So then I just made mine. <laughs> I made mine a couple hours ago, and then you said, "Yeah, no, this is what you need to do," which is great. That's what I wanted to have happen. So, um, th- these are mostly yours, which is great because you definitely have a better perspective on this run than I do. So, sure. Um, so the the first night, Friday night, uh, we're going to play um, a segment or a section, I guess, or just really a song from the first set, yeah. uh, and then we're going to jump to uh, to a segment in the second set. So. Um, anything before we go take off? Yeah, just go ahead and play this. This is some of the best. Um, the song we're playing for the first set is Walk On. <laughs> Enjoy the ride, and we'll talk about it when we get back.
All right, June 28th, 2019 from Red Rocks. You heard uh, Walk On from the first set, and then into the second set was a uh, right in the middle of the second set where generally you would have a drums, maybe. Uh, Love Tractor into uh, a pretty pretty gnarly jam into I'm Not Alone. So um, I had pulled that one out, but the Walk On was was your pick, Ted, and uh, good on you for, for bringing that up because that is some <laughs> pretty awesome stuff. Man, that is world class, isn't it? The the walk on is already kind of a fan favorite anyway, right? It's one of these songs that um, you know is basically I'm going to do what I, I want, and people can talk about me, and I'm just going to keep going. Wow, I mean, and, 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 and I mean, at least I think in earlier, you know, in in the Hauser era, was not necessarily a, a jam vehicle, right? You know, I mean, it was no. often a first set, you know, five six minute, you know, if that kind of kind of track and that's not the case uh in this version that's exactly right i mean before they even take the first notes dave um hints that hey you know the structure this chord structure for this song is similar to love light and so he starts playing that and there's obviously connotations there love light is a song that colonel bruce you know kind of made his own as well as well as the grateful dead but i think it's more a bruce reference for this band right now um it's worth noting that on um jimmy's um amp uh, there was a crazy picture of of Bruce the whole weekend. Nice. Um, so you know, you know, partway through, Dave is jamming "Love Light" in the middle of "Walk On." You just heard that; it was freaking amazing. And then <laughs> Jimmy just decides, you know what? Let's play "Blue Sky" right in the middle of that too. So they're jamming on two completely different songs while they're also playing "Walk On" at the same time, and they drop right back into "Walk On" without a hitch. I mean, right? Just yeah, absolutely- yeah, that was. Just so, just like butter smooth. Nailed the landing, right? (laughs) Um, So in any case, super amazing. Um, And really kind of back to the theme, it's unexpected, but graceful, does not feel forced. I mean, just Mm -hmm. absolutely picture perfect. Yeah. So, And then we get into this crazy second set. I mean, Love Tractor coming out of nowhere in the middle of the second set, uh, going into a very, in the set list on Everyday Companion, there's into jam. And that jam is a full-blown jam that's completely different from anything else. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some themes in there that they bring back up again. Um, but you never know. I mean, that felt very intentional. It didn't feel like they were, again, unexpected, graceful, <laughs> not forced, just right. absolutely amazing. Yeah, and and I you know I give I'll definitely give you guys credit for uh, for always being pretty conservative with the. Uh, with the, the giving out of the jam in the set. Somebody's got to be, you know, <laughs> <laughs> cause it's easy to get loose with that, but you know, I mean, yeah. it, I think you, your definition, uh, and mine and mine are, are right on the same, same page there. So, um, the one thing that I was going to, going to mention, and, and this, um, this comes up to me, you know, uh, our podcast network that we're a member of, there's, you know, several fish podcasts and, um, you know, we did a crossover, uh, with the guys from, uh, helping friendly podcast. And so I've been listening and I mean, and fish is a band that, I mean, those guys are on fire right now too. Yeah. And, uh, and, but one thing that they talk about, which it took me a while to sort of understand, and I guess there's actually like an entry in fish.net, but they, they call things like type one jams versus type two jams. Have you ever heard that before? <laughs> I have. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, and I think generally, and so their definition is like type one, if you're, if you don't know, uh, type one is, is more like variations on a song, uh, you know, sp- 
specifically. And type two is where you're really getting into um, additional variations on structures and keys in, in the song. So um, I think like I definitely heard what you could maybe consider some some pretty serious type two jamming going on in this run, which, you know, I think is generally not super common for the band, which I mean, is fine with me. I mean, I like, I like jams that are within the the framework of the song, you know, unless you're going from song, you know, from one song to another. And, um, but the stuff that they did here, and then there's another section that we're going to play later, maybe even two, but definitely this segment, uh, in, in the first night coming out of love tractor is just, really cool creative you know uh original stuff that they're doing and um so that was just something that i had you know been thinking about recently and and really kind of kind of struck struck a note listening to this stuff yeah well i'm going to mention another little fact to it jimmy's playing that gold guitar i mentioned (laughs) Mm -hmm. for this Mm -hmm. section um and he feels really nimble like there's something about what's going on there that feels like, Hey, I'm having fun with this. And whether it's the toy or maybe, you know, they've just gotten comfortable. There's several sections throughout this whole run where it felt like the band might be leaning towards a train wreck, that there's an obvious error Uh that happens Uh and they never treated it like an error error on the whole run. I can't think of, there's like two spots in Wrangler where the lyrics get messed up, but they just plow through. And I think that's part of it too. I think that they're feeling a little bit more confident in being able to make mistakes and kind of soak into the grease, so so to speak, and not feel like, Hey, you know, we might miss it and go in a different direction. Um, It just feels great, but maybe it's just the gold guitar. I don't know. No, (laughs) no, I think you're right. I mean, I think it's definitely that sort of like being comfortable stepping off the diamond board. Right. And, and, and even if it, isn't the cleanest landing uh, something cool might come of it. You know, and I think those the greatest moments of the band, um, you know, prior to 2002, I think in, often involved the, those moments. So uh, it's cool to hear that they're feeling comfortable enough to, to get down that road now. So um, the, uh, so the other thing, the other part of this first night that, that I really dug that um, maybe we'll, maybe we'll play it as like the, the uh, outro music for this podcast, but mm-hmm. um, the on, the encore yeah. uh, rumble, which is uh, an instrumental that had had only ever been played once before, and that was at the Halloween show uh, of 2017. And um, man, that song is awesome! Like, I, that is, <laughs> I mean, I would be cool with that being in every third or fourth show, you know, instrumental. It they just destroyed it too, didn't they? They just yeah. all, all over uh, it, like. Again, this is part of it unexpected and but really graceful. Like they freaking hit it and absolutely hit it out of the park and then went into chilly water, which was a very mm-hmm. strange placement. Um, that ends up being, you know, on the first night, you'd imagine maybe it would be later in the run somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. Totally just, again, uh, very graceful. I, I thought that, that Rumble in particular is one of these songs that Jimmy is just built for, right? I mean, oh, yeah he probably practiced this song in his bedroom for, you know, 15 years or something, you know? Right. right. <laughs> um, here I've, I've often thought this, I don't know if I've asked you this before, but um, do you think that the, that the band, do they map out 
or I mean, I'm just asking your opinion or maybe, you know, but like, do you think they map out a whole run set list wise, or at least like some of the larger songs that maybe they know they're going to play, they're going to, they sort of place them or do you think they go night, night by night? You know, I think it's ish. It depends. Um, you know, I do think that with a run like this, they're probably mapping just a little bit, uh, to make sure they turn the corner where they want to. Um, Mm -hmm. but by the same token, I'll just be anecdotally, I ran into, Edie Jackson on Sunday um, before the show and, and said, hello, she's an old friend. And she mentioned that, you know, it's like 15, 20 minutes to showtime and they still don't have a set list. No right? set list. Right. So <laughs> map out that for uh-huh. me. You know? uh-huh. um, it may just be that she didn't get it. Um, but in any case, I do think they do map a little bit. Um, this, again, this run felt natural to me it, it felt like again they were putting together a set list that that if they mapped it out ahead of time great but nonetheless they were really comfortable in it nothing felt like well where did that come from you know right. what I mean? force nothing forced. exactly right. yeah okay awesome um okay so on to the second night no 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 no. And, hold on hold on oh, I oh, oh, say one geez, thing about, i'm sorry yeah no, yeah, no yeah. don't worry about it this <laughs> this show so again i'm just gonna admit, drive home the point every set this run is worth listening everyone should just stop what they're doing and like pick up each night and listen all the way through rock rebirth of pigeons to end the first set is freaking amazing just absolutely on point um down the farm to open the second set it's a nice little ditty right gets everyone going and then it just i mean lily machine bar stools is like yeah it's what runs are made of. This is what Red Rocks is all about. That Lawyers, mm-hmm. Guns, and Money with the Big Willie Mammoth at the end of the second set, also very worth your listening. So um, we can go on to the second night, but man. Yeah, yeah. No, no. no that, show. What's right. No, and that's a good point. And, and honestly, that was my experience was um, listening to these shows the week after, like at, at work. So, you know, th- uh, they've got like, you know, 40% attention on the music. And then, and then having moments where I'm like, holy hell, like I need to stop what I'm doing and listen to what's happening. Um, like just kind of grabbing you by your collar kind of music. And, and that's not necessarily something that I, you know, is common. Right. And so that it's almost been a situation where, I mean, cause I've listened to these at least twice through now and, um, that definitely doesn't happen very often or hasn't recently. And so it, you do. It's like it's you have to focus, right? You can't give it half half attention. A lot of this stuff, you really have to be engaged. Uh, you know, it, this as is you this is the kind of run where um, set list doesn't matter. Almost like you know, mm-hmm. the set list is just words on paper. It's actually the music that's being played that's worth listening to, uh, and that's I think a lot of people will chase set lists sometimes when in fact it's it's what's happening in the music that should be listened to. So. And there's really no better example than June 29th, 2019 at Red Rocks. This show is among the best, maybe the best Jimmy show I've ever seen. Absolutely amazing. Best of their uh, modern career to date that I've heard. Now, you know, I'm no expert. <laughs> uh, oh, don't sell yourself <laughs> self short. Ted. If there are experts in the world on this band, you would have to be among them. I'll tell you what, man, you can talk to anyone. You can talk to a jaded, you know, um, guitar tech. You could talk, talk to the band themselves. I think that they would agree that this show was something special. Yeah. There was a lot yeah. going on here. Um, absolutely. Um, beyond something you could write a script uh, to do. If you, if you put this in a book, people wouldn't believe it. 
right? If you wrote this down as like, this is what happened on this particular night, people would be like, yeah, whatever, man, you're, you're fucking yeah. lying. Um, all right. So we've got, do we have two segments from this or just the one? I can't remember. Yeah, no, we got two. So we got one segment from the first and one segment from the second set. And, um, again, I mean, this is almost, this is a similar placement here. And this is like, I always talk about, uh, 96 is my favorite year and especially spring 96 late first set is where you got like crazy, mm-hmm. you know, next level jams and segues and stuff like that. It always came there. And that's where this is in that perfect position, like, you know, seventh song of the first set. And, um, so we're going to play that is a of D with a big old honk of jam hanging off of it. And then, um, and then again, same position as as before, late second set, uh, right in. Uh, this is actually after drums, but sort of in that in that sweet spot. So, uh, anything before we before we head off? You know, um, just know that at this point in the show, just as AFD is firing up, they've played good people wondering walking, and it, they're just firing on all cylinders. Things feel really awesome. Um, there, there's a threat of rain, but there's the rain isn't happening. We have this, these clouds coming over and the sun is setting. And so all the clouds are kind of pink and orange and really beautiful. And as AFD begins, there's a rainbow that appears over the stage, over yeah. where um, the, the right-hand screen is. And it just absolutely sent the crowd kind of into a place. And you can hear the music reflects the beauty of what we were seeing at red rocks the um that that reminded me of my my only trip to red rocks which was in 2000 uh the sunday show uh 625 2000 where it rained during hatfield and then and then the rainbow came out uh i think it was like driving stop go driving maybe late first set and it was yeah i mean full rainbow over the stage and you know it was like a one, one of those moments that you don't feel like you're, you know, it can't be real. Like this has to be fake. I mean, you know, JB even ended up kind of stopping what he was doing on stage during part of the song and Google, you know, kind of goggling at it. And like, it just, it was mm-hmm. incredible. It was incredible for everyone. Um, yeah. So. so much energy, right? I mean, when you get that kind of, you know, the crowd, so just electric well, and obviously the band can't help, right? Obvious tribute to Hauser. And that's, that's one of the things that's so crazy about this is this is, you know, not a common tune. It's, it's an instrumental, it's a housing instrumental. Um, and you know, it just so happens that Josh Timmerman's take, takes a photo of the entire stage and right above the stage, there's a little dark cloud up there. It looks just like, like he's <laughs> right. which is like, you can't, again, if you put this in a book, no uh-huh. one would believe you. <laughs> right. Um, it really, really special stuff. So enjoy a of D into a jam, June 29th, 
Night two of Red Rocks 2019, uh, you heard first A of D uh, into Jam, and then in the sec from the first set, and then in the second set, uh, you heard the uh, Vic Chestnut Classic Blight into Tire Shoes. And um, this show, really, I mean, it's hard to pick, right? You know, it's like picking your favorite child, uh, what, what to pick out of this. But uh, obviously, the A of D. I think stands out uh, as does the the blight in the second set. Yeah, AVD is is fantastic. Um, the blight tire shoes is pretty darn good too. But I'm just going to say that the bow legged Arlene sandwich that they played in the middle of the second set is among the best segments of music they have played at Red Rocks ever. It is so good and so passionate. Like they are on it and there if you watch the video i recommend trying to find a a copy of this or buying it or whatever and uh looking at it because these guys are like engaging with one another on stage um you know there's a part of arlene where jb is like basically freaking out himself and walks over to dave to say man you're blowing my mind you know like (laughs) it's awesome it's it's so obvious they're having super fun you know out there and um you can hear it in the way that JB screams, you know, to get back towards this, the section of Arlene. I can't stand it. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. So I will point out, Jimmy is playing a gold guitar during AFD and jam. He's also playing a gold guitar in this blight tire shoes section. Um, so just you know, be that as it may. Can we get like a petition started where that's just, that's all he plays. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, so it, I think it does says it says a lot to the show that the we you play two segments and the bowlegged Arlene the bowlegged doesn't make the cut right yes you know, exactly not, it's not among the top the top two well because people will know to go see it I think this yeah. is part yeah of yeah, the beauty yeah. Of, yeah podcasts you can get deep and the bowlegged Arlene is what you're going to seek out and you might forget to stick around for the blight tire shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to note that early in the set, uh, the second set there, On Your Way Down, um, fantastic cover, Little Feet um, made it famous. Uh, it's an Alan Toussaint song. Um, believe it, it, it as a reference to um, uh, Jeff Austin again. They opened the show uh, with Ain't Life Grand, which was on mandolin, and closed, you know, opened the encore with End of the Show, which is also a mandolin. Um, and they were very intentional to have JB, you know, at the end of the show, do the full measure. Yeah, there's definitely, right, right. You don't always get that, that sort of full, um, not quite so, you know, not quite solo JB, but it, you know, it's, he's the, he's the focal point of the first, first measure song. Absolutely. Um, another thing to go seek out is the, the Wrangler. We didn't play that here, um, uh, just for a time consideration, but, uh, Jimmy and Dave, tease all sorts of stuff but most importantly maybe freeway jam by jeff beck um and again they're like interchanging and maybe trying to make each other laugh or something it feels like they're trying to figure out how to how to do the jam at different times almost call and response to one another um very very fun um and a, a wonderful way to again kind of unexpected but graceful and not forced way to enter to exit a second set on a saturday night so you mentioned uh, on your way down. That was the first one in in four hundred and two shows. The other, I guess, quote unquote, bust out is Dark Bar, which you know I have to admit is a song that I think I maybe I saw it at a show, but um, was a song that I would see on a set list and I'd be like, I you know don't even know what that is because that was a that was an era of the band you know probably in 
08 when they were playing this a lot that I just wasn't really following that much. But it's actually a pretty fun song and I think it fits it, you know, it's it's a nice mix up for good people. And so I'd be interested to see whether I think that would be a great because it seemed like when they played it, it was almost in every time, right? I mean, it was almost every time they played good people, they had a dark bar. But it would be cool to have it be more of like a uh, a breathing slow, right? Where you get it every third or fourth, um, you know, sort of a special treat, uh, you know, where you can wait with uh, bated breath, whether they're going to drop into dark bar in the middle of good people. I can't believe I'm saying this because it seems crazy to say. But um, but anyway, I, I didn't know if you had a, had an opinion on that. You know, it started off as just like a, J, a JoJo rap kind of thing, mm-hmm. and, and it's, it built up from there. Okay. And, um, this particular so version, it's a more is it more of a fully formed song in this version than it was previously? <laughs> yeah, let me tell you, I, I'm I have a feeling there's extra verses in here or something that I, okay. I don't recall hearing before, but I am no okay. dark bar expert. You're not- <laughs> Um, <laughs> not on my resume not on right my no same well, same same yeah. same <laughs> but the, um, the jam out of dark bar back into good people is again really effortless and actually masterful they make it look super easy to go from this kind of you know uh melodic uh I, i'm not sure how to describe it what jojo's up to and they just go right back into good people it's pretty fun it's it's mm-hmm. again a lot of fun they're having just super amount of fun on the, on the stage right here and um it's super evident um i'm gonna note one thing from the second set that um I, I would like for people to take a look at or or pay attention to um on the official set list that sunny had on his um at his station um there was uh vomit written after bow-legged and that's that was the spacey jam that they did uh, that you'll you'll note, um, and what I believe that to be is a reference to Colonel Bruce. Um, Colonel Bruce talked about rock a good rock show having a, a little bit of vomit, right? Um, that there needed to be a little messiness, a little gr- grossness, a little mis- you know mistakes essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they actually did try some things on stage that the aquarium rescue unit where they would call it vomit and it had a particular kind of feel to it now it's a i can't explain it i can't explain anything Bruce does really um, but I, I think we should pay attention to that i think it might come it may have already been on a cellist i just didn't see it so yeah um throwing that out there yeah no good um and then the other thing i had um sort of like inside baseball was on the on the notes for um for the show on the everyday companion uh you note that, or whoever notes that ain't life grand and end of the show is with JB on mandolin. Is that, do I mean, is that a common notation or, I mean, I, I feel like that's a, you know, I mean, I don't, is there an end of the show that exists without JB on mandolin? Well, that's a very good point. <laughs> um, uh, we, I think that is a common note, um, okay. it, but we don't necessarily always, catch it um, i mean i think it's it actually makes i i think it's good to have here especially uh, you know what we were talking about with jeff austin right. but i just wonder yeah i just didn't know i didn't know if that was a you know a regular thing or 
that was just you know how you're uh, talking about how the fish people have all these like special <laughs> right. things, right? We're, we're definitely not running at that like high octane. We're you know uh-huh. there's there's <laughs> stuff that's in the notes that are literally something I'm like, hey Holcomb, you're leaving it in the notes. Don't take this uh-huh. out. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's it's the, maybe the prerogative of being Ted motherfucking Rockwell that oh, yeah, can like, add little things like that. Um, that uh, yeah, in this particular case, it's it's specific without like specifically saying something that the band didn't like say, which is, mm-hmm. you know, they played mandolin here and there, and it, it was a tip of the hat to to Mr. Jeff Austin. So, mm-hmm. all right, cool. Um, all right, anything else from Saturday night before we move? Yeah, man, what a gift! What a gift this show is to every fan out there. Take take a listen, bring it out your next party, and play that second set, and you can't go wrong. I need to find, I haven't seen the video, so I definitely need to, to, uh, to acquire that. And, and cause I, I, I wonder if the rainbow made it into the, it did, you know, yeah. I assume it did. Right. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that would be cool to see. I mean, I know that, uh, Josh's pictures are great too, but, um, I'd like to see it on video. I mention right here actually is the video production was really good this year. I, I'm oh, usually, nice. yeah, I'm usually at the end of these things going, man, why didn't they hire me? Like, why are they, <laughs> oh, right. I know. Or, you know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't take much for someone to pay attention and improve the quality of this thing. Well, this year I yeah. don't have those complaints. They, they right. actually did a really good job with the video um, feed and the, a lot of times they had two cameras working at the same time, not too much crowd, but just enough crowd to have fun. Um, I thought that was really cool. Now I heard people complain about on the third night. Um, I think the stream maybe cut out during Waker, um, but I, I can't speak to that. I haven't seen that. So, yeah, there's not much you can do about that. Um, but yeah, no, you would think that in all of Colorado, they could find a you know a, a video director that knows the band enough to be able to to punch it correctly. So I'm glad to hear that an they expert did. that lives 20 minutes away from the venue who practically has devoted their entire life to it for free. Huh? They might <laughs> be able to find somebody. I don't know who that would be. <laughs> Only when all you right. find him. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Um, okay. So never miss a Sunday show. Um, that's what they say these days and every day. Um, this, this is, a, this, as far as the set list goes, there's, there's a lot happening in, uh, in this show, uh, and, and some special, special treats. So, um, but we, we got, um, one segment here. We've just got time for one, but it's, you know, like 35 minutes long for two songs. Um, and, uh, and that's, that's here in the middle of the second set. Um, anything before to set this up before we get into it? Sure. You know, it's, it's Sunday. Um, the weather is cool, which is nice there. The clouds are out, uh, the day before we were baking in the sun, uh, it, the clouds were out. And so everyone was very pleasant. Um, we all had our rain gear ready, which was helpful because it did start raining, um, partway through the second set. Um, and Sunday's more of a matinee, right? I mean, they start a little it, bit earlier. It is, but this year it was later. Normally they would start at four and this year doors were at four. They started at six. So that actually, it was helpful to have an extra two hours. Let me tell you, turning the corner from Saturday to Sunday can get really tight. Oh man. <laughs> um, but <laughs> it also meant that, you know, we, we knew we were going to be at the venue later than we were used to, um, and not getting home until probably after midnight. Um, but the, you know, the weather was really good. Um, late start, 
And um, then, of course, they didn't get on stage until, you know, 625. They, they weren't going to go on right at six. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, basically humidity levels were high and everyone had their rain gear ready as the band walked down the stage and opened with Pilgrims. Which oh, so nice, sublime opener. Unexpected, graceful, not forced. I mean, it's right. like the theme of the weekend. Just so beautiful and so luxurious. They, they, they just, you know, like they took their time playing the song and there's like yeah. no, it, we're not hearing any rushed anything. We're all there together on Sunday. Just beautiful. Well, it comes back to me is the thing that we, we always, um, we did our Colonel Bruce episode, uh, so it was a couple of years ago now. Um, the thing that we kept coming back to, like the, the message that was in, in Bruce's, um, you know, just like his mantra was intention, right. And playing with intention. And, uh, and it seems like that is, that was a sort of a running theme for this, for this run too, of just, you know, not worrying about, you know, what's going to happen, but just, just play and see, you know, and see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. It was, yeah, I, I, I can't say enough about this, this opener. And again, kind of showing that there isn't, there's not a wasted moment in any of this. I mean, there's probably three songs in the entire run where I'm like, Meh, you know, mm-hmm. maybe, but everything else just straight up worth listening to. And, and obvious that they're not fucking around. Um, okay. So big monster first set yeah, going out West vampire blues, which is really good. Um, the driving disco driving was really nice yeah. and, and unforced, you know, um, and and the Greta North to finish out. Yeah, North is and, super tight. I mean, they're just like, you know, hitting every last change super hard. It was, yeah, that was really cool. It was interesting. No, so no guests too, right? Which seems a little rare for a Red Rocks run. Or yeah, am I imagining doing that recently? Um, okay. You know, it, it, I think a lot of people associate Red Rocks with guest turns, um, mm-hmm. but in the last few years, there's really not been that many. Eric McFadden was in the building for sure um, here on Sunday. I think he had been the night before as well, but he was just hanging out. He had an after show, uh, I think, to play both nights. Um, yeah, you'd think, but at the same time, you know, maybe, maybe focus right right yeah no i mean i'm all good with with no guests that's fine um so so they they start second set with uh no sugar tonight which is you know has a very nice set opener and um and i'll ask you maybe maybe no maybe don't at at what point did they start playing the sort of more traditional guess who uh open part to the song i mean i know it was in the herring era but i just didn't know at what point? You know, I th- I want to say that they started doing it um, just uh, like, oh, man, what, when was that? It, they did like a New Year's run where they played it and they did okay. the entire thing. I want to say it was mm-hmm. like 2013. I mean, it's so hard sometimes to keep this all straight. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. But I think it was like one of the New Year's runs where they rehearsed it and decided to bring it back out again. Um, but I don't know the exact date. Okay. No, that's fine. Um, it looks like when I mean, they played, yeah, when I mean, they played a lot of New Year's, but it looks like 14 and then, uh, and then the first night of 16. Maybe it was 14. But, Where were they playing yeah. in 14? Uh, 14 was in Charlotte. Okay. That might have been the one. So, but that was, uh, that would have been a first, it was a first set. I don't know, but it doesn't look like it was an acoustic set. So maybe, it, you know, it might have, uh, now I'm, <laughs> 
That's fine. Would, it might I wonder if there's somebody who would know, like the guy that runs Everyday Companion. Or <laughs> well, here's the thing: is <laughs> yeah, um, might have to listen to all that stuff. Um, it might have been Wood Tour. Now that I think about it, now that I'm seriously hmm. thinking about it, I think oh, it might yeah, have been that's Wood a good Tour. point. Yep, um, I seem to recall that being a thing that came out of. And did they play? I think they played it at the Tab. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I could be mistaken, but hmm. yeah, okay, something like that. Anyhow, well, there you all go. right. Yeah, we'll have to dig in and see. Um, it wouldn't be that hard to find, you know. You just keep listening to versions. Just the start of it is all you need to hear. Um, all right, so so now I'm lost. So we uh, no sugar opener, <laughs> and then uh, Conrad. I mean, that's that's pretty. And then into this next segment that we're going to play, which is dirty business. I mean, as far as the start of a second set, that's pretty ridiculous. No sugar, Conrad, dirty business. Yeah, yeah. Well, <sighs> unexpected, super graceful, doesn't feel forced. Again, the dirty business, like they. We, you know, we're all thinking Christmas Katie, right? Everyone right, right. Up, That's what I was going to ask. We're like, ah, oh, fuck, here we go. We're going to get catalog roll. You know, like, oh, God, I want to hit the shopping cart rattle again. Um, and it turns a corner and goes into dirty business. This is the first time I've seen dirty business in years. And mm-hmm. let me tell you, they, you know, went into it. And I'm thinking, oh, shit, how is JB going to remember all <laughs> <laughs> um, but he did a pretty good job. He made it through and didn't fuck anything up. And, um, and it led to just monster playing by pretty much everybody. Um, super amount of fun being had at this point. Um, you know, we, we all just kind of leaned into the, um, second half of the second set of the last night and knew that, you know, we were, we were just, you know, lucky to have all been there. Yeah, yeah, you're not saving up anything at that point, right? Let it all loose. Absolutely. Um, all right, well, let's uh, let's stop talking about it. Let's play it, and then uh, we'll come back and, and put a bow on it. Uh, so, without further ado, this is the second set of the third night. Um, the uh, the classic cover, "Dirty Business." Thank you. 
Never Miss a Sunday show, June 30th, 2019, from Red Rocks in Morrison, Colorado. Uh, middle of the second set, again, Dirty Business into Jam, into All Time Low, into Jam. Which uh, And you know those are legit jams because they're, uh, they're from the Everyday Companion. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is some really some really great playing. Ted. This is, I picked this one out, right? Yes, I, did. I, I, I didn't miss this one. <laughs> Pretty hard to <laughs> good stuff yeah world world class widespread panic here this is um this is the reason you came and the the fact that they are able to be able to it let's be honest we're up at altitude we're having a hauler asses all over this crazy rock with a bunch of stairs and ramps and shit and it's it is not an easy venue and night you earn it you earn those songs you earn these shows for sure the fans earn it in the band i mean you know every everyone is feeling it at this point and to have them be able to just raise it up yet another notch and play at this kind of level at this point in the three night run pretty awesome i i feel really lucky to have been able to participate in all of that and um, I'm sure that they feel pretty good about the run too. And and this is in no small part why, right? Yeah. Um, the thing that sticks out to me uh, in, you know, in this, I guess, version three of the band, uh, a lot of these more rare songs have, have become a little more common. Um, but it's, it feels like dirty business is one that has, has maintained its, its rarity uh, through this. And I mean, I was looking at the every time played, uh, in my trusty everyday companion.com. Um, and it has never been played more than w- never been played more than once a year since 2005. So only once in 06, 07, 08, 10, 11, 12, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 16, 18, 19. So once a year. So, uh, it, it did get a little, little into the rotation in the McConnell era, but you know, in, in the Hauser time, it really was a once a tour pretty much. And then really since Jimmy's been on, it's, it's once a year only. And uh, yeah, it's nice. Like you said, you, you, you're, 
you brace yourself for Christmas, Katie, and you hope for dirty business. <laughs> and and you got it this time. And and I mean, really, if you look at the every time played, I mean, it is like it's a who's who, especially for like sleeper shows. I mean, right. you've got you got the Monroe ninety six, you've got the Ranch Bowl in ninety seven, you got Wilmington, Delaware in two thousand one. I mean, these are definite sleeper shows and they're just they're all pretty much heat fire. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it, it's uh, interesting that we just got done talking about how, um, you know, the night before Saturday night is all time. And this show will be easily overlooked because of that, probably. And yet it should not. Um, you know, this is, again, I'm just going to say how difficult it is for these guys to be able to show up. They're, you know, they're getting up 60 ish, you know, and uh-huh. they're, you know, showing up and pulling this kind of thing off. It's amazing. You know, um, they've, they've been standing on their feet, uh, out there in the heat and in the rain. And, and, you know, at this point it is raining by the way. Um, that's one thing I didn't mention is that it is sleeting on us at this point and we've all had to take uh rain gear and we're wearing it. Um, cause otherwise you're going to be, you're going to be wet. Um, super fun time. Um, dirty business also, you know, kind of a bluegrass standard, you know, tip of tip of the hat to, um, the new riders, the purple sage and, uh, and some Colorado connection there as well. So, yeah. And I mean, I think again, that's where I'm, I'm feeling like, you know, having, having two, three weeks off between shows, I think has got to be good for them. Um, you know, just sort of physically, right. You know, not having to, to drag your ass across the country, you know, even if, you know, they're doing it in somewhat style at this age, but still I mean, sure. you're, you're away from home. And so, yeah. um, so I got to think that helps a little bit. Drag, um, dragon ass is still dragon ass, whether you want right. it or not, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I read something, I'm not sure where about, um, you had mentioned earlier, uh, Edie Jackson hmm. about, um, maybe I'm remembering it. Maybe you can help me, but like something about how she signs all time low and that there's some like crowd interaction. Oh, that, sure. Did I imagine that or no, no, that's no, no. a thing? So no, she posted a video um, of herself uh, signing the kind of the lyrics to some of the main sections of all time low and essentially asked fans to learn it with her. And, um, and a bunch of people did and a bunch of people were doing that in, in the crowd. It was um, really, really cool to see. Nice. Um, Edie is just one of those people. She is such a, a kind and an amazing, a bright person, um, and has done something, you know, with her, her time that is, is really inspiring and, and helping a lot of people. Um, there are many people that I know who love watching Edie <laughs> sort of in, as an alternate to watching what the band is up to. Um, uh, it's, it's a super thing that we have going on there. It's really special that we've got, you know, someone who has a history with the band who, who, you know, has an affinity and a, and a passion for the music. Who's also then helping people who can't hear, um, be able to enjoy the music too. It's, it's really special. Yeah. And I mean, I know a, a good friend of mine's father is, is hearing impaired and, um, he was a huge deadhead. And so he would go to dead shows and, you know, like, so you can obviously see the lights and the, you know, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of sensory input, right. At a live music concert, especially those types of shows. And you you can feel, you know, you can feel this sort of the, uh, the rhythms of the music and, you know, I mean, he could feel a lot of the music. And so, um, 
but I don't know that, that he ever got to see a, a signer. And so that would be pretty awesome. I would think for somebody, um, to be able to get all that input. Right. And, um, and that's, that's an amazing, uh, thing that she does for those people Absolutely. for everybody, but yeah. Did he, did he go with a, with a balloon in his hand? Was he one of those folks? Do you remember this? Whole thing? Oh yeah, no, I do remember seeing that. I'm not sure. I mean, I, I, you know, I think I only met him once and I mean, this yeah. was a college friend and, uh, yeah. I would, I, yeah, no, that's a good, I'll have to reach out to her and ask. Cause I'm not sure. I do. I remember seeing that on, on a con, you know, on a video or something where they were doing that. Yeah. It was like one of the Grateful Dead sort of pioneered, I think the, the, you know, the idea that deaf people are welcome at concerts, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and maybe it wasn't the Grateful Dead themselves or just, you know, some of their fans or something. But yeah, Edie, Edie is, is the real deal. She's one of these people who, you know, is, is really real and, and has, is doing really great work. And um, yeah, we're super lucky to have her in, in the circle here. Yeah. Um, okay. I know we're running out of time here. Uh Anything else? I know the, the there's the time, uh, you know, yeah. encore was kind of a special, it, it sort of felt like maybe a, another Jeff Austin head nod. I believe so. Um, yeah. but again, I'm kind of guessing at that it's, it, you know, it's a traditional song. It's a kind of a bluegrass deal. Um, a lot of people know it from the Andy Griffith show. Um, but between that and dirty business and, um, you know, some of the, the other take out in the waker too. Right. I mean, it's yeah. sort of, those are sort of bluegrassy type songs. Yeah. Waker. Um, oh, so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, really emotional. I, you know, it's the first time I've seen it, um, you know, since they brought it back and yeah, I mean, only the second time it's been played since, yeah. uh, since 2002. I mean, the last time I saw Mikey, he, you know, he, I think he played waker on Sunday. And, um, so it was really, you know, a really nice cap to, uh, a really amazing emotional and, and beautiful weekend. I mean, I, I think the main thing coming out of this was that people were satisfied. People came out kind of saying, you know, this, this was really special. We were really lucky that we were, be, we were able to be here and uh, uh, gosh, you know, does that have to end? But I guess I understand that it does because how could it possibly get any better than this? So, right. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I'm really happy to hear because it seems like you you had a great time, and that makes me feel good about things um, <laughs> moving forward. But again, you know, it's like you you want to you want them to get, keep getting better, and you know, you want the next show to be better than the one before. But I think you do have to keep in mind, like this is, you know, this is a finite thing, right? They're not going to keep playing forever, and so every every great moment that you can squeeze out of it is just one more. <laughs> Right. That you, you, get know, to have. That, you know, everyone just sort of thinks that, you know, Red Rocks is going to happen every year. And, um, you know, this 60 shows in a row, just that alone is a big deal. 60 sold out shows in a row. That's like over the top. No one's ever going to beat that. I mean, there's just no way to beat that. Um, we don't have touring acts that do that kind of thing anymore. And there's nothing to say that they're going to have to play Red Rocks forever. You know, that that may be something that goes away. And so just to be able to combine all those things is special unto itself. And then to have a show that run like this, that's, you know, has a lot of unexpected surprises, lots of graceful playing, um, and none of it felt forest is, I'm, you know, speechless. You got me really excited. Ted, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go on tour if there was one. Well, I'm going back um, out. We're really lucky out here in Colorado because in a couple of days, uh, we get, pack up the car and drive seven and a half miles down to the corner of the state, down to Telluride, and we get to see 
a night of widespread panic uh, in town park and then a second night of festival music with panic um, anchoring uh, Saturday night and then the next night we get to see Jason Isbell so we're we're super excited to be able to do that we're we're going down there for my my birthday I, it won't be my birthday while I'm there but um, we're celebrating it like it's my birthday and so we're really lucky this year in Colorado this is the first time in a long time where they've played Red Rocks and then played some sort of outdoor kind of um, mountain town kind of mm-hmm. uh, show and so I feel super lucky to be able to do that as well yeah, no, that's awesome. So, um, if it's, so here's, here's the deal. If it is as good or better than the Red Rocks run, then you, you have to promise to come back on. Yeah. And tell that's us about great. It. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we should do a live cast, you know, I should just like, you know, turn on my phone and go, Hey, Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Um, but no, and it, I think, you know, I think we're looking at a pretty, I'm excited about the rest of the year, right? You've got that. You have, they always do do it up at St. Augustine. You've got the three nights acoustic at the Ryman, oh, yeah. um, the, you know, three night run in Milwaukee leading into three nights at, at uh, Lakefront arena. Um, so um, yeah, I think I'm excited about what the, what the band has in store the rest of the way, but it sounds like there was a definitely a moment uh, at the end of June and in, in Red Rocks. Yeah, I would agree. I, I, I really feel like, um, you know, they're, they're having a lot of fun and it's evident from what happened, you know, these three days. And, uh, um, I have high hopes for what goes forward, but lucky for whatever does happen. So, um, yeah, uh, to hat tip to, uh, the six men in this band, cause they're, they're busting ass right now. And it's pretty evident that they're uh, taking it serious and, uh, playing some good music for their fans. Awesome. Well, as always, Ted, we appreciate your time and uh, hope to talk to you again soon here on the Bluest Tape. I would love to. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Uh, thanks so much to Mr. Ted Rockwell for uh, taking time out of his very busy day to join us uh, to discuss um, and give some info- insight into uh, Red Rocks 2019 from Widespread Panic. So uh, thanks also to all of you for allowing us to come into your cars and headphones and offices and homes uh, all these weeks and uh, we do appreciate it if you uh, appreciate us uh, you can show it by helping contribute to uh, to help in making the podcast possible um, if you want to go to bluestape.com uh, there's a row of icons there underneath the picture of michael hauser's hands and um there's one with a dollar sign and click that and uh, donate whatever uh, you can afford. And that would really uh, help us pay the bills here um, to keep the podcast coming out. Um, so we appreciate your support either way and um, feel free to, uh, to, to follow us on uh, Twitter and Facebook and all those great places. Um, like to interact with, uh, with all of our listeners whenever we can. So um Hope to have Jeff back uh, for next episode. And uh, in the meantime, uh, everybody, I hope everybody's having a great summer. And uh, I hope to talk to you soon. Cheers. Oh,